Hey, Bankless Nation, here I am from Permissionless 2 on why Snaps is a big deal. Uh, MetaMask Snaps just launched at Permissionless, and I think you should know a little bit about it. Uh, this is a solo podcast. It's just me. David is off partying at some events, I think, right now. I'm about to join him. But before we do, I want to give you this episode on MetaMask Snaps. This is like a browser extension only for your MetaMask crypto wallet. And I think it unlocks a lot of potential. Uh, we're going to talk about why it's a big deal, um, what you can do on it today, how you can glow up your MetaMask wallet. And we have Dan Finley, who is the co-founder of MetaMask. He's been in the space forever as the original Ethereum OG wallet. And to see how MetaMask has developed is, is pretty exciting. You can see the passion for which he has uh, as we go through this episode. So guys, we're going to get right to the episode. But first, we disclose MetaMask is a sponsor of Bankless. But of course, that's not why we did the episode. We did this episode because this is an awesome product that you need to hear about. We are long-term investors, not journalists. We don't do paid content. There's a link to all Bankless disclosures in the show notes at all times. All right, guys, let's get right to the episode with Dan. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made it possible, including Kraken, our number one recommended exchange for 2023. Go check them out. Kraken Pro has easily become the best crypto trading platform in the industry. The place I use to check the charts and the crypto prices, even when I'm not looking to place a trade. On Kraken Pro, you'll have access to advanced charting tools, real-time market data, and lightning-fast trade execution, all inside their spiffy new modular interface. Kraken's new customizable modular layout lets you tailor your trading experience to suit your needs. Pick and choose your favorite modules and place them anywhere you want in your screen. With Kraken Pro, you have that power. Whether you are a seasoned pro or just starting out, join thousands of traders who trust Kraken Pro for their crypto trading needs. Visit pro.kraken.com to get started today. Mantle, formerly known as BitDAO, is the first DAO-led Web3 ecosystem, all built on top of Mantle's first core product, the Mantle Network, a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 built using the OP stack, but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle Network's gas fees by 80%, but it also reduces gas fee volatility, providing a more stable foundation for Mantle's applications. The Mantle Treasury is one of the biggest DAO-owned treasuries, which is seeding an ecosystem of projects from all around the Web3 space for Mantle. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded, like Game7 for Web3 Gaming and Bybit for TVL and Liquidity and OnRamps. So if you want to build on the Mantle network, Mantle is offering a grants program that provides milestone-based funding to promising projects that help expand, secure, and decentralize Mantle. If you want to get started working with the first DAO-led Layer 2 ecosystem, check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xMantle. Arbitrum is accelerating the Web3 landscape with a suite of secure Ethereum scaling solutions. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum 1 with flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. Arbitrum Nova is quickly becoming a Web3 gaming hub and social dApps like Reddit are also calling Arbitrum home. And now Arbitrum Orbit allows you to use Arbitrum's secure scaling technology to build your own layer three, giving you access to interoperable, customizable permissions with dedicated throughput. Whether you are a developer, enterprise, or user, Arbitrum Orbit it lets you take your project to new heights. All of these technologies leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. Faster transaction speeds and significantly lower gas fees. So visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first app with Arbitrum. Experience Web3 development the way it was always meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. 
Bagless Nation, I am super excited to introduce you to Dan Finley. He's the creator of MetaMask, and he's got something special for us today. Dan, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm uh, euphoric. I'm walking on a cloud. And then, of course, I'm excited to get back to work and do even more tomorrow. You know what? You look like you are literally in paradise right now because the scenery behind you is absolutely phenomenal. So I am, for 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 listeners who can't see the visuals today, I've got this black background, looks very somber. I, I found this little cloister at the Permissionless Conference to record this, whereas Dan somehow has a microphone like outside and he's got like beautiful trees and shrubbery and, you know, green foliage behind him. How are you managing that? Yeah, well, I, I just plugged it into the, the tree and I, you know, I, I knew that I was coming on Bankless and you guys, you guys are always the, the best about kind of flexing your green, you know, like other, yeah. other crypto podcasts, they flex their, their, their green and then you guys flex your yeah. green. And so I thought I'd come on and, and flex mine. Especially my uh, podcast co-host, he will be very proud of this uh, shrubbery behind you. And I'm sure you can name every single plant, but we're not here to talk about plants. We're here to talk about MetaMask snaps. Okay. What are MetaMask snaps, Dan? Why are they important? Why are they exciting? Well, they're kind of like plants <laughs> um, in your wallet. So you know how, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I did not prepare this metaphor, but let's, let's ride it a little. No, let's go with it. Um, yes. Let's yeah. Ride so, it. so you know how your, your, uh, your wallet right now, it's kind of just like a set of features you get from the store and you like hope the team made what you want. It's like getting a box of processed food at the grocery store. And, and when, mm. when it does bad and you have a lot of microplastics in your blood or whatever, there's a lot of fish in it, whatever <laughs> you're like, well, why won't, you know, why don't the devs fix this? And, um, you know, what, what you might like to do is, you know, know your ingredients and kind of curate yourself a, a little bit more of a home cooked meal, maybe have a friend over and have them help you cook something nice out of your fridge. And uh, snaps are kind of like that. They we're taking the wallet experience and we're kind of making it a collaborative development uh, platform. And so there's a lot of parts of the wallet that we've wanted to improve in the past that are really hard to do in a centralized uh, manner, just as a single dev team. There's just like, there are, for example, countless protocols. Like every time somebody writes a new contract, it's arguably a new protocol. And so representing it faithfully to the user is like actually a hard problem. And um, and then there's how to uh, keep a person safe or how to interact with new uh, run times and stuff like that. And I think what we started realizing is the best people to build an interface to a new protocol are the creators of that protocol. And so we created the system that basically lets external developers build kind of plugins for MetaMask and add support for their various gifts um, and ship them right to our users. So um, today, for a lot of our existing users, that looks like you can install some transaction safety providers. And now when you're confirming a transaction, you can have additional third parties helping you stay safe. And you're, you're all opting into these, right? Like they, some of them may phone home and you get to decide whether they get to or not. Some of them are doing simulations. Some of them are using AI analysis. Some of them are using on-chain registries and court systems like Claris. And, um, and basically, I, I think any MetaMask user should install a, a handful of those today from the groups that if they recognize any and trust any. And, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of new uh, blockchain protocols that we were able to support now. So there's like supporting like 21 new blockchains or something um, just you know as of yesterday. Um, and it's only going to be more as we as we make it easier to publish to the platform. 
This is a big deal and uh, a very exciting launch. I know this has been a long time in coming, which I I think we should uh, discuss, Dan, how long you've been working on this and all of the effort that's gone into it. But before we do, I want to give folks another mental model. So we have the the plants uh, mental model, of course. Mm -hmm. And we also have the mental model, I think, that a lot of listeners will be familiar with, which is you have a browser Okay, and then you might use extensions on top of that browser to extend what the browser does. Those extensions are uh, kind of like permissionless, like any third party can basically develop it. Indeed, MetaMask is one of those extensions inside of a browser right now. And this is essentially bringing extensions, the ability to, of third parties to launch extensions onto uh, into MetaMask. And that's what a snap is. So you as a MetaMask user today with your wallet, you have the ability to like glow up your wallet. You can like go to the MetaMask Snaps uh, directory and you can browse through, I think there's like, you guys are launching with over 30 Snaps, I believe. And we'll get into some of the ones that maybe you're most excited about. Um, and you can you can glow up your wallet with these kind of more custom, more, more niche type experiences, maybe some power tools. Snaps can basically be anything. Is that a is that a decent mental model? Like, you know, browsers have extensions. Well, MetaMask has Snaps. Yeah, yeah, that's basically spot on. There's like two caveats that I'll, I'll disclose to kind of like bring us to ground. Like, so, so the platform today as launched is 34 partner snaps. So it's not full on permissionless open yet. And we're actually working on what the designs for the final, you know, crack it open permissionless protocol is, you know, and, uh, you know, probably a mixture of DAO and web of trust, something like that. Um, we'll be, you know, reaching out and probably expanding the conversation wider soon. Um, and, and also they can't do anything. What they, what they really are is, so they're a place we can do stuff. And then we kind of get to open, you know, kind of APIs to extend different parts of the wallet. So today there's really three major ways that we're letting snaps expand the wallet. So one is that transaction security thing I described. Another is basically adding, uh, integrations. So it, uh, the ability to sign and show confirmations to the user and uh, add additional APIs to the user's wallet. So now when you're logging into a site, the site can interact with one of your snaps. It's not just the API that MetaMask shipped with. And then the last one is uh, notifications. Um, and we've we've got a snap from the uh, push protocol. So any dApp now that wants to be able to get a hold of you can ask for permission to, and they can ask you to add the, the push snap uh, to to participate in that. Well, very cool. And that's why, Henson, in your intro, I think you said you're euphoric today, but you're back in the office tomorrow continuing continuing the work to, to build this out. Um, but let's, yeah. let's get right to the goods right now, because I know there are a lot of MetaMask uh, listeners, uh, a lot of MetaMask users that listen to Bankless, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. And so right now, what can listeners do? Of course, this isn't all the snaps that will ever be. This is uh, in beta version, but there's already like over 30 different snaps that people can use and download. So I am uh, showing on my screen now at snaps.metamask.io all of the different uh, snaps that one can activate. So tell me how this works, okay? Um, I'm seeing a directory here. I'm seeing a button with categories like interoperability, notification, transactions, insight. I have the ability to search. There's all of these various snaps. Uh, As a user, where do I start? Well, like, what do you recommend, Dan? Yeah. So the system is designed so you can get these contextually. So, you know, MetaMask was always kind of built to enable dApps. So 
that doesn't really change here. If if a DAP out there wants to interact with Bitcoin or now uh, what Aptos or Algorand or whatever, you know, there's many new protocols were added here. Um, they can now ask you to install the SNAP. They can say, hey, do you want to participate in that protocol? If so, add that to your wallet. And there you go. Now you're good to interact with both all of your Ethereum accounts and assets and all the uh, accounts and assets you might have on this new protocol. Um, but in terms of this uh, directory, uh, that's that's kind of why I mentioned the transaction insight stuff. I think I think that's the one that's really great for using this page for. Because if you go to that filter and you you uncheck the uh, the compatibility and the the notifications, you just look at the transaction security ones. Those are all ones that you could just install right off here today, and each one might just keep you safe from phishing later. You know, uh, next time you know Vitalik's uh, Twitter gets hacked, the first one of these organizations to flag it could be the one that keeps you safe. Right. So I kind of think of security. So, you know, there's a lot of ways of, of modeling security, but the one way you could take this one as is it's like the spider web model. You've got a lot of strands and any one of them getting agitated could rattle you and lock you up, uh, keeping you safe from making a bad decision. Um, so we're really, you know, treating this as a community effort, um, you know, and uh, we're eager to see, you know, how these different strategies and, and, you know, new companies are able to thrive in this kind of environment. Okay, so I've got um, this set up. It's it, it. I'm looking in the directory just the, for the transaction types of snaps. I see this one called Tenderly Preview, for instance. I'm just picking one, you know, out of the out of this list here. There's tons here. There's Safe Root. There's Web3 Securities Wallet Guard, uh, and so if I click this. Uh, then I go to the Tenderly Transaction Preview. I can click a button that says Add to MetaMask. Tell me what this one specifically does, this Tenderly Transaction Preview, adding to MetaMask. I'm, I'm seeing the, trend, uh, the description here. It says, Preview Transactions Before Sending Them On Chain. So this is some um, much needed you know, functionality. I've used a, a separate extension in the past called Fire to do some of this, where you know, I get a MetaMask uh, you know, kind of transaction and Fire like looks at it and is like, oh, this is what it really means. Um, is, tender, is, is this Tenderly Snap doing something similar to that? It's basically like before I sign a transaction, it's showing me some information about it. Maybe it's putting some protection on top of my wallet. So if it's a known phishing type of account, am I, am I, yeah, what, yeah, what is Tenderly? Yeah you're, you're, yeah, you're exactly in the right wheelhouse. Tenderly and Fire are both performing transaction simulation. So they're, they're looking at the transaction you're, you're considering and they're helping, they're trying to estimate what the results of it are going to be. Now, now I, I like to stress this, this strategy is not perfect. And that's part of why, you know, we've kind of spent more time making sure we, we could accept many strategies and putting it all in on this. But, but it's, it's really powerful because, you know, many interactions, it can catch and it'll say, hey, look, this is going to make you lose all these tokens. And you may not have meant to do that. And that might be obviously, um, you know, dangerous to you. The, the, the catch is if, if these become extremely popular. There are ways, you know, that fishers can make little trapdoor contracts that look like they're not going to do anything. So it's not in. perfect. This is a cat and mouse game. The fishers yeah. are going to adapt, but it's better than what we have, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you got a stack of these, right? This is in, in uh, security, sometimes we'd call this the Swiss cheese model, right? If you can, <laughs> each one of these may have holes in it, but when you start stacking them up, the probability of one thing fitting through all the holes gets smaller and smaller. And uh, so, so hopefully, you know, uh, you know, and we're going to be watching the, the analytics closely, you know, keeping people safer is one of our kind of key goals, uh, right now. And so I'm, I'm really, really eager to see how much 
Uh, any one of these can people can keep people safe. And it'll be incredible if we start getting data on what strategies are actually the most effective. And um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really valuable tool uh, in combating phishing and, and also inviting new strategies to the table. I, I don't think that every possible strategy here is accounted for at all. Um, you know, uh, my co-founder Kumavis uh, and I yesterday were talking about the need to have like a web of trust component that's user rooted. Um, you know, there's no certificate chain solutions here, as far as I understand. There's a uh, multiple simulation, multiple AI, and Claros is the the most DAOish one. So that's a that's a fun one uh, for sure. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how these all work. Uh, you know, in in tandem. I think the cool thing about this model is, and it, it sort of reminds me about Ethereum's, like of Ethereum's layer two strategy is mm -hmm. um, rather than Ethereum having to develop everything on the execution layer, now we've got, you know, dozens of layer twos and soon mm -hmm. hundreds of different uh, app chains that are doing their own development and pushing the ecosystem forward. So rather than just one group of really smart EF researchers, you get the entire, you open this up to the entire internet. What does what that quote? The smartest people don't work at your company. It's like there's yeah, so many absolutely. smart people yep. all, all around the world. And now they all get to help us extend this particular wallet and make users safer uh, and improve the user experience for them. This is, I think this is why this is so important is because this is a key step to doing the thing we're always trying to do, which is get crypto to a billion people, right? This is this is a building block towards that in in kind of the mm -hmm. the wallet experience realm. I want to um, go to another category here. So this is um, interoperability. Okay, so tell me about that. And you were mentioning some other chains as well. So has MetaMask gone multi-chain? Uh, yeah, I think I think with this release, you can basically say we're multi-chain. These these snaps aren't enhancing the wallet in all the ways that Ethereum uh, is able to. Um, so right now, you're not going to see these show up in the main. Uh, um, asset list, for example. So each one of these protocols has its own kind of like management DAP. So that's kind of like we bit that as some scope we kind of narrowed out. But we are working on this cool extensible UI model. Um, you know, it's it's really critical to us that when we make our UI extensible, that it's done really safely. <laughs> Obviously, security is like a first thought in everything we do. Um, but it does mean that you install one of these, you'll be able to go to a dApp that wants to interact with that uh, protocol and it'll be able to propose uh, transactions to you and you'll be able to confirm them or deny them with as much comprehensibility as that snap is able to give to you. So I, I should I should also get more specific here maybe because I, I said this is uh, taking MetaMask multi-chain, but you know, I guess there's def different definitions of, of multi-chain because MetaMask has already been multi-chain from the perspective of you know other EVMs that it supports, right? Of course, it's not just Ethereum mainnet anymore. It's for a long time. We've had Polygon, Layer 2 support. There's all sorts of different networks. But here, I, I see a snap, um, A for Aptos. So that's the first one listed for the Aptos wallet. And so if I click that and I click add to MetaMask, what type of um, snap am I going to get out of this? How does this glow up my MetaMask? Can I, can I now use MetaMask on Aptos? Is that literally what this means? Yeah, yeah. Those, the sites on Aptos are going to need to have integrations, but um, I, and, and I'm not sure how that's going so far, but this is developed by the Rise Wallet team, which is a, a big Aptos wallet team. And so my understanding is that they're working with the dApps that they're compatible with to make sure that this works uh, with all the all the dApps that their wallet works with. That is very cool. Yeah. So we've got uh, Sui, we've got Tezos, we've got uh, what else am I missing here in terms of other 
Starknet. A shapeshift over there has like actually like five different blockchains rolled into it. It's kind of like all the Bitcoin based uh, uh, chains. So it's got your Dogecoin and. Uh, Wait, the the Bitcoiners can use um, MetaMask now. Yeah, that's very yeah, they exciting. Can. I mean, they don't have smart contracts, but you, they, they can use MetaMask. And, you know, <laughs> Adapt could propose a transaction to them, and you know, I mean, I mean, heck, you know. Every once in a while, I hear people argue that you can write good smart contracts in Bitcoin, and maybe they just needed a MetaMask-like experience to do it. Um, who knows? There, there you go. You're welcome, Bitcoiners. Uh, we love you. Um, okay, so how about this one, notifications? That's another category here of yeah, snaps. Um, we see yeah, Push we added, Wallet or Push yep, Protocol. Yeah, push, push Protocol is a peer-to-peer push notification system, and you know it's consent-based, so it basically just adds an API to your MetaMask, so now dApps can ask for permission to get your attention later on. And um, and so if if they do, then they can ping you in your MetaMask later via the push protocol. And and yeah, so it can get you some uh, notifications. Um, one of the examples I saw of that so far is one of the transaction insight snaps um, from WalletGuard. Actually, it'll let you know if any contracts that you've issued allowances to are, are now known as as vulnerable. And so they'll like encourage you to, to uh, issue revocations. Um, so that's one example of, of a push notification keeping you safer. And, you know, obviously you could use it for like renewal notifications or, or bid offers or um, the other one there is a chat system uh, using it. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, each one of these, the fun part is, of course, we, we like design it with a kind of set of use cases in mind. And then people kind of abuse it and do fun and interesting things. And uh, long term, I, I suspect that's where some of the best stuff will happen, right? Um, uh, but yeah, uh, even the stuff we've got here is pretty, pretty cool. Dan, was this like a sneaky way to like, you know, 10 X or hundred X your dev team? Because I feel uh, like now you can like do a lot more development of features that uh, people have always been asking for and you've always wanted and just haven't had the time to prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. This is a hundred percent. Like you said it earlier, you said like, Hey, this is kind of like the Ethereum model. And it's like, it's like, yeah. In fact, I almost felt like because Ethereum is so open-ended, there almost wasn't another way. Like, like, yeah, we can keep making like stablecoin, super easy onboarding wallets or something like, and that's like a niche. Um, and that's interesting. But if you want to explore the versatility of this blockchain, it's the open-endedness is what makes it interesting. And so to make a wallet that can keep up with that, it has to be as flexible. And and so, you know, V1 isn't permissionless. Um, you know, that that is a goal. We're announcing it at permissionless because that is that is absolutely what we're doing. <laughs> but but you know, to keep up with a permissionless protocol, I think you have to be permissionless. And so that's absolutely where our sites are aimed. Okay. Can we get sci-fi for a second? So this is just the baby round, right? The snaps that we're seeing today are just like very early snaps before the dev imagination has has kind of gone wild. And I know that you don't have all of the ideas, uh, of course, but I bet you have some sci-fi ideas as you've been thinking about this over the years of how snaps can be used. Yeah, tell, t- tell me about um, snaps from the future. What sort of things could be possible with uh, snaps plus MetaMask? Oh yeah, uh, I mean you're you're 100 right. There's no way we would have been working on this for four to five years if we didn't have some really exciting <laughs> visions of where it was headed long term. And um, okay, so first, when you're onboarding someone, um, you want to be able to onboard them with everything they need to get started in ideally like one link. So that might include a recommended chain. It might include a subsidy for gas. It might include permission to do something on your behalf. Maybe it's an offer to buy something or even a 
a money stream that you're donating to, right? Like, so you should be able to onboard someone as simple as a link. They shouldn't have to think about snaps. That should be like, as part of the onboarding experience, it's just assumes that when you, when you are getting into a wallet, it is sculpting itself to your preferences and your shape and the context you receive your invitation and is relevant to that. You know, every single DAP that refers someone to MetaMask is choosing it. And so there's actually like a line of trust there, you know, the, the person's trusting their first introducer with a lot, right? Their whole definition of crypto basically. Um, and, and from there, uh, that means you can start experiences really, really low friction. Like you can start where, you know, maybe there's no connect with wallet for a little while. Maybe you build up uh, what you have in a site. And then once you need to be able to move that authority around, you can pop it into a MetaMask, move it around, sign into other things. And one of the critical things longer term that snaps are going to be able to do is they're going to have permissions between each other. So right now they can talk to each other, but they can't do things like um, really, really graceful sharing of the permissions that they invent. And, and in particular, being able to share those, not just within the wallet, but eventually beyond the wallet. So eventually you're, you're logging in, you're not just using a token allowance. You might, you might be granting some of your API access or, you know, some of your gas credit or, you know, some of your, uh, you know, your room key or whatever. And, um, all of this stuff should be manageable with the same kind of like smart contracting infrastructure that you're used to. So, so the sci-fi version, it basically disappears. You, you basically don't see the wallet anymore, but you're able to make extremely scalable, very secure contracts that interoperate. And do we know what those protocols are going to be? This very secure, you know, hopefully privacy preserving, highly scalable, readable. Um, I don't, I don't think we're there yet, but with snaps, we're going to, I think the, the road to that end goal is a period of fast experimentation and iteration and exploring what's possible. And, and I think that's the phase that we're, we're starting to open into. And, and as we start getting more permissionless, I think that that experimentation phase can accelerate and we'll hopefully learn a whole lot really fast as a community and, um, and, and build the smart contracting systems that actually enable, you know, slaying Moloch for, for lack of a, you know, better word, you know, like, like actually, you know, addressing coordination problems and, and building more effective, uh, solutions to all of our uh, needs and and uh, yeah abilities. That's always been the vision, right? Um, I let me ask you too, Dan. Uh, does this work as well on the browser extension uh, on mobile as well as it does on the browser extension? It's not on mobile yet. I'm very sad to oh, say. Oh, very okay. soon, soon, I, <laughs> soon. Tm soon. Tm. Yes, one hundred percent. It is in progress. We've been laying the groundwork for it, but we didn't want to. Um, you know, hold up the initial release uh, for, for, you know, consistency. We, we really think that getting this in the hands of people to start experimenting sooner is a really important uh, part of the process. And it's taken us long enough to get here that we're, we're just kind of excited to be getting, getting some of it to prod, uh, start the iteration process and, and start growing from here. Do you know how many Chrome extensions there are? I'd be curious about that. Ooh. Oh, uh, no, a lot. I, I bet number I of Chrome. Okay. Do you, do you anticipate a similar number of uh, snaps in the future? We're going sure. to grow it that big? If we do it really right. Because the thing is, so earlier, I, I think you misspoke. You said Chrome extensions are permissionless. They're actually not. Every Chrome extension goes oh. through a... I didn't misspeak. Process. I didn't know. You're schooling yeah. me, Dan. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't know so, this. So, so I, I, I'm very sorry to, to share with you that actually 
Uh, the Chrome store is a lot like the iOS app store or something. And, and there have been moments <sighs> where, you know, we, we had an update we wanted to push, uh, sometimes for security reasons. And, you know, it can get clogged up in a review pipeline. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, it's this tension. It's like, oh, well, the review's keeping you safe, right? Well, uh, hmm. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> also, yeah, even getting snaps to the Chrome store has been a journey. There was a, while we were developing this, Chrome changed the web extension protocol. They did this thing called Manifest V3. So they started trying to clamp down what extensions could do, right as we were trying to like grow up out of it and become this weird Hydra extension. And so we had to work pretty closely with Chrome. And, and fortunately, their extension team was a bunch of very kind, cool people that just really wanted to understand that things were safe. And so once we kind of talked them through the security model and stuff, we were able to get the uh, the, the, the all valuable blessing. Like we hope we don't need it forever, but I'm saying, are we uh, glad we have it for now? Good, because I, I will say this totally publicly. I would quit. I will quit Chrome. I will quit any browser that disables the ability of like wallets, crypto wallets like MetaBass to to actually exist. But I actually didn't know that this um, process was so gatekept. So is that, uh, I know we're in beta mode right now for snaps. And so there's still kind of, it's still permissioned, but, but you said that you were going to one up um, the, uh, the, the Chrome extension uh, store in, in snaps mm -hmm. and make them permissionless. Did I hear that correct? Are snaps actually going to be permissionless? That is the goal. Now, they, they actually are permissionless in our kind of developer builds called MetaMask Flask. So for developers who want to be total mad scientists and install some code that they understand and have vetted themselves, they can go to metamask.io slash flask. That's as in like a mad scientist flask or maybe a flask in your trench coat um, because you're crazy. <laughs> you must be sipping from that flask to be doing this if you don't know what you're doing. Um, Got it. But uh, so it, that's permissionless and that's in the Chrome store today. So devs can do that. But in terms of how permit, how permissionless can we get it while keeping end users is a really critical question. And I think we're going to try to push it to its very limits. MetaMask portfolio is your one-stop shop to manage your crypto assets and to tap into DeFi all in one place. And the most important part of that experience, buying crypto, obviously. MetaMask Portfolio's buy feature enables you to purchase crypto easily without going through centralized exchanges. Designed with you in mind, you can fund your wallet directly in just a few clicks with convenience and simplicity. What happens when you press the buy button? Rather than being limited to a single payment provider, MetaMask brings together a bunch of vetted, trustworthy providers to present you with customized quotes for your crypto purchase. Once you've funded your wallet, you'll be able to plug into DeFi with all the money verbs like swapping, bridging, and staking. But first things first, you need skin in the game. Head over to metamask.io slash portfolio to buy crypto the easy way. Are you planning to launch a token? Is your token already live? And are you granting your employees and contractors vesting token awards? And are you trying to figure out how to take care of taxable events for your team? Toku makes implementing a global token incentive award simple. With Toku, you will get unmatched legal and tax support to grant and administer your global team's tokens. Toku will help you navigate across the life cycle of your token from easy to use pre-launch token grant award templates to managing post-cliff taxable events with payroll. For legal, finance, and HR teams, it's a huge 
complex task to have to comply with labor laws, payroll and tax obligations, tax reporting, and crypto regulations in every country that you employ someone. It's difficult, time-consuming, manual, and costly, and it's drawing more attention from global regulators and governments. Toku makes it simple for leading companies in the space, Protocol Labs, Hedera, Gitcoin, and many more. So if you want some help navigating the complex world of token compliance, go to toku.com bankless or click the link in the description below. You know Uniswap, it's the world's largest decentralized exchange with over $1.4 trillion in trading volume. You know this because we talk about it endlessly on Bankless. It's Uniswap, but Uniswap is becoming so much more. Uniswap Labs just released the Uniswap Mobile Wallet for iOS, the newest, easiest way to trade tokens on the go. With a Uniswap wallet, you can easily create or import a new wallet, buy crypto on any available exchange with your debit card with extremely low fiat on-ramp fees, and you can seamlessly swap on Mainnet, Polygon, Arbitrum, and Optimism. On the Uniswap mobile wallet, you can store and display your beautiful NFTs, and you can also explore Web3 with the in-app search features, market leaderboards, and price charts, or use Wallet Connect to connect to any Web3 application. So you can now go directly to DeFi with the Uniswap mobile wallet. Safe, simple custody from the most trusted team in DeFi. Download the Uniswap wallet today on iOS. There's a link in the show notes. We talked about the snaps that are available um, today. We've talked about kind of the, the journey to get here. W one question about that journey I have though, Dan, is um, you, you said you've been, I, and I remember from our very first episodes and even before episodes, uh, when I was like kind of early in crypto and obviously like an early MetaMask user, you've had this concept of snaps. It's been in the oven for a while. So tell me about the journey, because it's been a multi-year journey. So, you know, I, I don't want to ask the question of like, what took so long, but a little bit like, uh, I'm, it, it's incredible we're here. And also, yeah. why did it take so long? And I'm guessing partially that might lead into another question about, about kind of security uh, in those provisions. But, but tell me about the journey here. So why, is it a multi, why was it a multi-year journey to get to SNAPS? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a completely fair question that any user of MetaMask deserves to ask and wonder. And so, so yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, yeah, we had the the vision. You know, I, I think the very first inklings of it uh, that that the wallet should probably be extensible around five years ago. And I think the first year it sounded crazy. <laughs> like, and by the end of the year, we had built a prototype though, and it was exciting. <laughs> and we were like, oh, it can work. Uh, we we started to believe it could work, and then it it took like probably another year of like passively like trying to build it like in parallel to all of our other stuff before uh, one of our developers, uh, Eric Marks, basically stood up and said, uh, "I'm not going to make this a part time project anymore. I'm I'm going full time. I'm starting the Snaps team," and that was wow. like a totally pivotal moment where it was like it was actually the first time we'd had a team dedicated to a feature. We were. You know, I, I'm a first time founder, so like, I don't <laughs> blame me, I get <laughs> a little bit, but I'm um, learning you know, as the, we go, right? scaling yes. a team was, was sensitive and scary. And, uh, and, you know, early on, we, we really were kind of just hiring the people we trusted absolutely like over, you know, with our absolute souls, we didn't have a model for scaling the team in, in a secure way otherwise. And so we were, we were kind of pushed with this, like, how do we build faster while keeping safe? And um, you know, we, we were kind of puzzling with that for a while. And there was this kind of moment where we had this epiphany. This, so I'm rewinding to like how we originally uh, came up with the idea. Like it, it was a lot like the Moloch observation where it's like, how do you, how do you minimize the risk you're taking when you are definitely taking a risk, right? Like how do you grow the code base, but 
not get owned? And how do you like use a new contract and not get owned? How do you interact with the stranger and not get owned? And it started like realizing these, these problems started looking consistent and similar. And uh, what one of the key observations was that if you want to solve the problem of letting people take safe risks with strangers, with, with computers, then it really helped if they were able to take it with the software that allowed them to take those risks also. It's kind of like the tree all grows from these common roots. And so you need to have basically a kernel at the middle of the whole thing that lets you make clean, decisive choices about the risks you're gonna take. And that required a confinement engine. So we basically built an operating system kernel and built it into MetaMask. Uh, it's, it's got two layers of confinement. We use an iframe. And then we also use a, a compartment uh, using JavaScript language level features um, based on some work by Agoric. And so using, using those technologies, we're able to basically have a, a runtime where we can confine third-party code and let it selectively talk to each other. Um, what's interesting about that is it turns out not a lot of operating systems have those properties. So the idea of permissionless software where the individual components can selectively talk to each other, but with tight grand permissions, that's actually not a thing. Like, like iOS, you know, has a pretty good permission system, but you can't get permissions between the, the components and it sure isn't permissionless. So, so we're kind of forging this space where we're building, we're effectively trying to build a distributed operating system kernel that's specialized at uh, decentralized protocols and protocols built on cryptography. So yeah, basically uh, the scope blew, like it's not that the scope grew, it's that we realized that the core problem we were wrestling with was a actually hard, big problem that needed to be solved well. And it wasn't a matter of like cranking out some SQL tables or writing some rails or something. It wasn't something that was trivially done previously. Um, so we did some serious work and we wrote a lot of serious grants and, uh, yeah, it's it's still not permissionless, but the the key I think here is that MetaMask now has an extensible kernel. So we are running third-party code at runtime and it's tightly confined and it's arguably tighter confined than the software that you're installing on your desktop. You know, if you if you double click an attachment off an email, it could own your entire computer and a lot of people get owned that way today. But when you install a snap, it's going to have the permissions that are listed there. And so we've got a really tight handle on what things that you add to your wallet can do. And um, yeah, I think I think doing that well, we kind of kept learning the the things that were required to do it well. And while we tried to keep the scope as small as possible, we wanted to keep the users very safe because unfortunately we, we have a handful of them and we care about them. <laughs> so so we wanted to keep them extra safe. You guys definitely have a handful of them. And uh, you know, I, I guess as as I'm hearing you describe this, it almost strikes me that um it's almost like someone describing what the firmware level of a hardware wallet looks like, right? Is that kind of like almost deep in the weeds sort of design, right? When I hear somebody from the ledger team describe how they're kind of isolating your private keys. And that's the big difference between what you guys are doing and what crypto is doing versus what, you know, web two and web one was doing with just like a browser is that we have like private keys. It's almost like um, a nuclear reactor that we have to like contain, right? And if it gets out, if there's a nuclear leak, it's bad news for everybody. And so the um, protect the private keys at all costs has to be, 
you know, priority one, two, and three for MetaMask as, as you do this. And so I, I, I want to ask the question, you kind of described the, the architecture and such, but for people who have been listening up to this point and have been raising their hand and saying, third parties, uh, permissionless, but what about security? What about security? Can we answer very explicitly? So what are the, if I install a snap, should I be worried? Is there anything I'm losing with respect to uh, security? Um, am I opening up more surface area for this? Or how does MetaMask think about security with respect to, to snaps? And are there any additional risks here? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that if you want to minimize your security, I think there's almost like two ways you can look at it. And, and it, you know, I, I was having these insights around the same time as Moloch was getting written. So I sometimes use that language to frame it. And, and I think Moloch is one way. The, the Moloch DAO style is, well, put a delay before any decision and make sure a lot of eyes are on it. And then the other way, if you say, well, what if we need instantaneous decision-making though? Um, then I, I think that the, this, the answer is there, there is actually no, no risk, no reward basically. And so the best you can do is minimize the risk. Um, so there's basically two major dimensions that we're keeping users safe with snaps. Today, the first one is the audit layer. So all the snaps are actually audited. And, you know, we're probably going to incrementally decentralize that auditing process until it's either something like a web of trust or a DAO, or we crack the, the user consent problem and just throw the doors wide open. And by the way, Dan, who's doing the auditing today? Is that is that all MetaMask, your team, basically? We've we've got a, a collection of trusted auditing groups that we've worked with and that we whose opinions we trust. So we're kind of delegating an audit to them. So so we, there's a, an audit tier. And then secondly, each of the snaps do get a list of permissions. And so that's where the risk, when, when I say there's no risk, no reward, that's where it is. So we've audited these, or, you know, front associates of ours have audited these. But at the end of the day, if you want something to do, you're signing for your Cosmos or your Tezos, it's going to need the keys for those accounts. Um, now, those are the only keys that those snaps are getting. And so um, if you compare this to dropping your MetaMask seed phrase into a Cosmos wallet, it is strictly safer because, you know, if it's a wallet made by the same team, the worst thing that right. can happen here is that they misuse those Cosmos keys. Um, so so we're at least segmenting by that for the, the most sensitive snaps are basically the signer snaps, the ones that are deriving keys from your seed phrase. Long term, I do think that basically every wallet and every protocol should be using transient keys that stay insecure on Quave storage. But, you know, uh, deriving from your, your, seed, your secret recovery phrase today is a wonderful compatibility layer that many protocols actually require. You know, there are a lot of like zero knowledge protocols where, you know, we may love account abstraction on L1 and L2 and every EVM. But there are, pro there are privacy protocols, you're still going to need keys. And so having a way to make sure and say, you know, to your developer, well, these keys are backed up by the user as far as we've been able to get them to. Um, so that's, that's the risk. The risk is there is a third party that you're trusting with that protocol. And when you install a snap, you'll see the list. And, and we, we make it salient when you're, in, when you're granting key signing permission to a snap. We try to really rub the user's nose in it. But... Um, that's not the only level of safety. There's also kind of a, a vetting layer um, that we hope to disintermediate as much as possible, but is still present. So it's very explicit when a specific snap requires, you know, key signing when it when you're giving over key signing permission, right? And I, I've got to imagine that's not going to be the majority, right? So for something like um, 
the transaction snaps that we were looking at where it does a simulation of your transaction and warns you if there's something bad. That doesn't require any key signing. If I go in and I install one of those snaps, uh, what are the risks with that? Yeah. Okay. So let me let me just flip that on you because because I think that a good security system should be obvious. It should feel right. So like we we call this the, our principle of appropriate boundaries. So let me ask you, a, a signing snap that's doing simulation. What do you think it should get? Like, what's the least we can give it? Um, definitely not my private keys. Yeah, like, agreed. agreed. You shouldn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know that I would be I. I wouldn't want it to have my transaction data or my other metadata in, inside of uh, MetaMasks, right? So I wouldn't want it to know necessarily my holdings, my tokens, those sorts of things. But maybe I'd be willing to do that for some specific things. Like, like I like to I, if, if it's going to simulate uh, the results of a transaction that you're proposing to sign, it gets all that. It kind of needs that. It gets right? all that. I mean, well, okay. tell me, is there a way to do it without that? Um, I mean, I bet you we could get where we we swap out your address. And then we say, guess with this, but you know, now they're like trying to simulate a board ape transfer from an account that doesn't have a board ape, right? That's not going to be very safe. On that specific point, I guess this is our problem of not having like privacy, on-chain privacy, like yeah. entirely, right? So um, if I have an ES, ENS name associated with my account and you know, that, you know, people, people might know that rsa.eth is like, this is my address. Uh, so I, I suppose that's one thing I'm, I'm, I may be uh, giving up in some of these transactions, but I don't know. I don't know what else there is to to really share with a um, with a snap. So maybe I'll, I think I'll the one other back thing. To you. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the one yeah. other thing that a lot of these use is they need to network because a lot of them they can't run locally, right? And I think that's a good. It's a it's a salient. It, it's nice that it's a permission because it's noticeable when they don't need it. You're like, oh, you don't you don't even need network. Like, hell yeah, I would, of course. What do you mean by network? What do you mean by network, Dan? Like, okay, they're going to get, okay, we know that they need to see your transaction to be able to simulate it, right? But does that mean they have to phone home or can they just do it within Uh. the snap? If they, if they only can see the transaction data and they don't ask for a network, that means you are actually being kept private. Like it's going into a box and then it's coming back out to your UI and it can't do anything else about it. So, so one of the things I, I would like, you know, I think it's actually necessary if we want permissionless computing is at some level, people have to be reading what they're signing. You know, it's like, and, and, you know, MetaMask has kind of always been like that. Um, now there's a lot of things that you can't really understand when you're, when you're signing it. And that's like a war that we're, you know, we need to fight and, and win, but, you know, snaps are, they're a readable layer of this kind of interaction. So when you install a snap, our, our hope is you can make sense of it. We're putting it in plain language. And if you're installing a transaction security provider, like hopefully the permissions that you see are the ones that make sense for it. And if they don't, hit reject. Okay, this is uh, very cool. So uh, can, can I ask you a question about the broader mm-hmm. um, wallet landscape uh, be- sure. before we go here, Dan? So this is the question, and you brought up uh, the idea of account abstraction earlier. There is this kind of um, trend, this interest across Ethereum in account abstraction, smart contract wallets, that sort of thing. Something that we've, I, I feel like the industry has been trying to do for a while is get rid of the seed phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take on all of that? It, does MetaMask have a play there? Or is MetaMask like, you know what, we've got our product, we've got snaps, there's going to be a, a seed phrase. Um, are you getting into kind of the smart contract wallet type space? 
or is that not an area that MetaMask plans to play in? You know, so for a long time, we had the posture that, you know, look, we're going to make a plugin system for the accounts. And so somebody else is going to make the best contract account, probably, right? Like, like, because we're busy all focusing this, focusing our time, making this secure, extensible kernel and stuff, like the odds that we also make the best contract account seemed really low. Um, but also we had really specific ideas of what we wanted one to do. And I think with the advent of Eep, uh, Eep feet, as I like to call it, 4337, because it's like Leet. So with the advent of Eep feet, um, I think the bar, like the level of difficulty to, to try out a new one is, has really fallen. So we are kind of taking a dual headed approach now. So, so snaps is going to let you install any kind of account abstraction wallet. And, you know, I would be thrilled if any single one of them gives users the experience that they need to be safe. Uh, but also, yeah, we, we're doing some experiments um, that that we think could solve some user experience uh, uh, issues that we we see in the ecosystem today. Wait, so Snaps plus account abstraction wallet? How would that work? Oh, yeah. Well, so we already talked about how there's a couple of Snaps APIs for things like new protocols and new notifications and uh, and transaction insights. We're going to have a third API, and it's already in Flask. Oh, well, there's a version of it in Flask that lets you add new signers. So like a, an obvious, simple snap that can be written in Flask is uh, like a view-only account. It's like, oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. We we haven't shipped view-only accounts, but our extension system supports them. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, then what we're going to do beyond that is we're going to have some special API hooks for account abstraction wallets because they, they have some special features, specifically uh, their gas payment is kind of open-ended and modular. And so there will also be snaps that can register paymasters. And so now if you're if you're using MetaMask and you're using your Gnosis Safe, you might choose between one of five ways of paying. You know, you might choose to pay with a token or something else. And um and we've got some ideas for how to, you know, hopefully um allow, you know, basically assignment of the transaction cost to where it makes the most sense and you know stop bothering people with that. Because I think the, you know, get away from the seed phrase, that's a good one. We should do that. Um, but also get away from the need to have Ether to to interact. Like if somebody's willing to spot you, I think that should be good enough. And I think that that could really flip the whole I think there's a little bit of a perception that Web3 is a Ponzi scheme that comes from the fact that you need to get some crypto before you can do anything. So you can be inviting mm -hmm. someone saying, I think you have value to contribute. I think you're a great artist. You should make an NFT. And step one is put some money in this box, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, gotcha. I think I've heard this one. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's heard that one a million times before. It's, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be blaming people for being skeptical by the standard crypto pitch today. And I think account abstraction gives us opportunities to kind of rethink basically every step in the, the current onboarding uh, journey. So I want to come full circle here to the very beginning of our episode where we talked about like, why are we talking about this? Why, why does this matter, right? Of course, it matters on one layer because um, there's a bunch of users and they should know about snaps. Now you can glow up your MetaMask wallet. I, I think we covered that. But the, the big win here, and I, I know you are um, a starry-eyed dreamer because um, you've been here since the very beginning on Ethereum, like like a lot of us, right? So you, you see the potential here. I also know now, Dan, especially, you're a settler, my friend. I mean, you've been building here for the long term. And like really, and uh, I want to give a shout out to you because you've, you've really stayed to see this vision through and are continuing to stay. And it's really cool to see. 
Um, anyway, you're a settler and you're a starry-eyed dreamer. Um, is this going to be the wallet experience that gets us to a billion users, right? I know there's other pieces of the puzzle here, but I feel like we're starting to solve the transactions per second thing and the cheap transactions thing. Like we're well on our way to doing that. We got some work to do on privacy. I feel like one area that we need to really solve is good, seamless, uh, safe user experience for all of our mainstream normie friends in order to br bring them on. Is this the wallet that does it or is there some future thing that we still need? Um, I, I think that it is it's got a solid shot at playing a part <laughs> that's that's what i'll say about it like i think all this stuff like um like wallets that are embedded in a site and so you don't even have to know about it until you want to back it up i think that's the way like i i absolutely want to see this pattern of like make a user connect their wallet and sign a you know confirmation before they do anything that's like the worst experience in the world i think we can make all of that invisible and then we can be as lazy as possible about making people ever think about anything crypto, let alone like backing up secret keys or something. And um, but when it comes to that point, when it when you're ready to to start holding some decentralized stuff and and putting it in your own hands and moving it between devices and friends and, you know, maybe even a, building a life around it. Yeah, I think it's going to be great to have a wallet that makes um, opting into whatever protocol is meaningful to you, even if it's one you made up this morning. I think that's that's a really valuable thing to have. Well, thank you uh, to you and the team who's who's built this out, and we'll include a link in the show notes. But maybe I'll shout it out: snaps.metamask.io is where you can start to glow up your MetaMask wallet. And uh, thanks for sharing this today, Dan. One last thing before I let you go: um, this is kind of a selfish ask uh, because I want a lot more snaps that do really cool things, and I want to you know 10x our our safety, our security, uh, you know everything about the crypto wallet experience. So. Can you do a shout out to the devs right now? And what can they do to get started? Because we want devs to start building some really cool snaps so that us very selfish users get nice features. Uh, so what's what's your pitch to the devs? Why should they come build a snap and what do they do? Well, first, I'd point out that not every dev has to make a snap. The, the snaps are expanding the wallet's API surface. So the wallet is getting richer and richer. So you can start looking at just the snap menu as it is a a huge growing set of features that you can now start engaging with users on. So if you want to have a Bitcoin component to your dApp, you can do that now. And if you know if there's some interchain stuff you want to onboard people from, that's an option. Um, but if you have a component of your app that that really benefits from kind of staying with the user and and enabling them to use it on other sites too, especially, um, and this can include things like making transactions more readable for you know some protocol that you use um if if you've got that kind of idea then then yes yeah, not uh, docs.metamask.io uh, we've put a lot of care into making great docs the, the apis are really simple they should actually look pretty familiar to people who have written uh, dApps and used the ethereum provider before and um and they're only going to get more pleasant over time but um but yeah I, I think that you'll find that like a single afternoon you could probably you know, make your version of any of the snaps that you've seen. Um, we've really worked hard to make this as simple a process as possible. Very cool. Uh, and I'm sure there will be entrepreneurs that launch uh, successful businesses on top of snaps as well. So uh, that that's the prize as well. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This has been great. 
Uh, Bankless Nation, got to end with this. Of course, you know, crypto is risky. You could lose what you put in. None of this has been financial advice. Uh, Snaps are risky too, right? You got to be careful what you sign off on. But we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot. 